I think I'm going to be very embarrassed about this indeed. So I'm there, charging around with the juggernaut brow, overdraft speeches and deadlines to make, gramming commitments like cats in a sack, telephone burnt and purposeful gaint, when out of the doorway the tentacle stretch of a song that I know and the world moves in slow-mo straight to my head like the first cigarette of the day. And it's you, and it's me, and we're sleeping through the day. And I'm five years ago, and three thousand miles away. Sounded even better than that. Do I have time? Man of my caliber stood in the street like a sleepwalking teenager. I know I dealt with this years ago. I took a hammer to every momento, but image on image like beads of a rosary pulled through my head as the music takes hold and the sickener hits. I can work till I break, but I love the bones of you that I will never escape. And it's you, and it's me, and we're sleeping through the day. And I'm five years ago, and three thousand miles away. And I can't, whoops, move my arm. In the fear that you will wake And I'm five years ago And three thousand miles away All right, well, that was an attempt. <clears throat> yes, you're all very sweet. I'm very, very embarrassed. Uh, it's just uh, 100% what I do. Oh, man. Quick quotes. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick quotes. Let's move right into the next thing. Quick quotes. Fake singing. It's easier than real singing. Fake singing. This is why rappers do it. Also country stars. Fake singing. It's much easier than real singing. Especially if your voice gets scratchy from, from uh, anxiety. Quick quotes! <clears throat> Let me hear you moan, baby girl. It's okay to want me, because I want you. I hope you didn't think I'd forget about you misbehaving earlier. You have been a naughty girl today, princess. I am very proud of you, Sierra. Make sure you ache for me when I'm gone. Love you, baby girl. 
growl at the end, remind me. Come here, darling. Let me hold you close. Relax, Jody. Let Daddy take care of you. Let me stroke your hair and kiss you, baby girl. Oh, I see new names tonight, and they're putting in quick quotes, and I love that more than anything. Thank you so much. I didn't think anyone was going to show up tonight, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Being a new girl coming out uh, and just putting in quotes, I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everything is going to be okay, Tara. The stress will go away. Daddy has been thinking about your pussy all day long, Jessica. Come here now, princess. You don't like it when I get angry. Don't talk, baby girl. Just do as I say. Boy, I don't know how to say this. Uh, Kia kaha. Kind of sounds like what an eagle says before he attacks you. Kika! Maybe, maybe Link from Zelda. Kika! Watch, it's a sacred, it's a sacred text of Australia or something. Princess, do not make me angry. Get him in, girls. Last chance. Quick quotes has to end. So you have to keep it going. It's a, it's a wheel. It turns. And you, you're the steam, babies. I am but an instrument, humble, and I can only do what I am directed to. Can't believe I just called myself humble with a straight face. You're such a good girl for me. You are pushing your luck, little girl. Baby doll, you've never looked more adorable. Quick quotes, the quickest key. <laughs> Quick quotes, quick underlined. <laughs> That's it, baby. Make me come for you. You are mine. You shall forever be mine. And no one else shall have you. Or else people will have consequences. It's crystal, nothing more. But if you turn it this way, it'll show you your dreams. Kisses for all the babies. Mm. Now, when did you get so brave? Where do you think you're going, baby girl? Daddy misses you, baby girl. You'll have to ask for it, kitten. Otherwise, you'll get nothing. 
All right, girls, let's finish up. This is the end of quick quotes. If you have put one in before, that should do it for you. If you haven't and you're nervous, this is your last chance. The Oculus is closing. I won't be here for another three weeks. What are you going to do? Oh, my God. Be brave. Be brave. Well, if you insist, kneel. Come here and kneel, princess. Sometimes I forget how strong you are. <laughs> you'll miss me, even though you'll try not to. You will. All right, girls, once again, if you've put one in tonight, no more, please. If you haven't, let's finish up quick quotes. I would be very, very happy if any girl who hasn't put one up tonight does now, just been nervous. If not, let's get this road on the show. Oh. I tried to exit out of Discord and it wouldn't let me. I think it knows that I'm stuck here. I think it gets that this is my prison now. Susie's, thank you so much for being brave and coming out. You are so strong and brave. <clears throat> for the always sweet Nadira, we have a request for a growl. That's what this is. I promise I'm not just doing it all of a sudden. Should we try one per? Let's try it. After that singing, I don't know how it's going to go, but let's try it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that could have gone on a little bit longer. Uh, I'm trying to get it all in one blast, and I'm trying to get up my mainstay. So thank you so very, 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 very much. It's going to get stronger. Do you like how much my singing has improved? My purring? My voice? My attitude? Well, there's one way to make sure that you know that it's going to keep improving. That's to fucking pay me. You can do it one time through a tip. You can come my Patreon if you're missing me oh so much until the April things returned. Well, this is the way to make sure that you know that I'm not missed, especially on vacation. I promise to spend most of this money on having fun. Uh, all the money that I've gotten since November has been towards the new car and uh, saving up for a new place and shit. Uh, and uh, really, skimping. I'm still using, this is not, this is a plea for money now. Uh, I'm telling you how, I'm not broke and I can pay my bills, okay? So don't, so this is hopefully going to come across as charming. But this is how much I've been skimping because I'm so, so ready to fucking nail shit. Uh, with recording and what have you after moving. Uh, 
I'm still using $5 earbuds that I stole from a stewardess from two years ago because my nice headphones broke in January. That's how dedicated I have been to not fucking spending money. And I'm an audiophile who's on goddamn Spotify at least three hours a day. At least three hours a day, and I'm still using these shit, shit cheap earbuds that I have to physically plug into my goddamn computer like it's the dark ages. Now, if you give me money, will I buy new earphones? Probably not. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna level with you. Probably not. Probably not. Because <laughs> I'm that dedicated. I am that... I, I just got to break it down real quick about me. I try not to do sales pitches or what have you. Uh, you may have known. But this is an honest-to-God sales pitch. If you have the extra cabbage and you can tip or become a patron, I beg of you. And if you want to do commissions or bonus episodes while you miss me and you're listening to this recording again and again and again, I beg of you to actually send me the direct message and, and get it. Because I have never had so much energy. I kind of hate a game. In fact, I really kind of hate it. It's called Path of Exile. And I have downloaded and started playing Path of Exile again. But Jack, you hate it. I know. Hear me out. That's why this is part of a sales pitch. This is my version of a sales pitch. Everybody else's version of a sales pitch is, Guys, I love you. You're my best friends. Come on, give me money. This is my version. I start off with hate. With hate. And then I try and bring it back down to value. So why am I playing this game called Path of Exile, which I fucking kind of hate? I'll tell you why. Because it's free. Because <laughs> it's free and it's endless. And because I have hate energy, right? I just, I have that energy. So here's, here's why I'm making the actual sales pitch. Here's why I downloaded Path of Exile. Here's why I'm talking about playing video games and why I'm begging you for money if you have it. Uh, pure and simple. I now have the ability to actually record two, three hours a day, sometimes four. Uh, even on a bad day, I wake up now and I have it. And I have now healed to the point where I cannot physically record enough. I cannot physically record enough in this place because there's too much street traffic. There's too much noise going by. So I'm physically now up and I'm doping myself with weed and I'm not having any caffeine and I'm trying as hard as I can to be a good boy. Uh, but I'm now up. I'm up. I'm a, I'm, I've reawakened. And you can only stretch and work out and cook so much fucking rice a day. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I want to work. I am so tired of Netflix. <laughs> I've begged everybody I know and just asked the server over and over again for recommendations. I'm so tired of superhero movies. I'm so tired of nerd shit. Oh, my God. I never thought I'd see the day. But after two years of being essentially shackled to this goddamn desk while being awake, because uh, I would have to be at this desk to get the work done, right, during my waking hours when sick, now I'm shackled to it feeling great. And if you think being shackled to a desk when you're sick sucks, like I did, <laughs> so I am taking my incredible, like, just just mad nerd rage and like my 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 I have to pick things apart and I have to deconstruct them and I have to learn myself like it's this whole system that I've learned about myself and so I, I thought it best to apply that to zombies 
and I'm just necromancing my way through fucking Path of Exile, and I'm just 100% doing everything I can to be a good boy still, all I'm asking is, if you got the cabbage, fucking throw it to this bunny, because he is ready to twitch his tail. All right? I will earn it. be more than happy to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll be your private dancer, your dancer for money. I will do whatever you want me to do, but I'm pretty much there. Uh, and I'm looking at literally a place to, uh, this is mostly for the recorded audience. The people in live are like, come on, move it along. No, this is the sales pitch that people can skip through, but I've hopefully made entertaining enough that the second time they hear who knows what'll happen along the way. I'm trying to strategize along the way. Tumblr's going down, so I have to turn it away. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's my pitch. DM me. Let's get started with the actual show. Jesus Christ. In the still of the evening, without sunlight to intrude, I see the twilights in your eyes, and the moon sets up the mood. Playing music soft and low while romance fills the air, I can't help but feel aroused the very moment you come near. You submit to my embrace while candles flick their flames, and the smell of sweet perfume seems to drive my lust insane. As I look into your eyes and run my fingers through your hair, as I taste the sweetness of your neck, as I nibble at your ear, I then whisper words of love as you answer with a sigh, and in a very sexy way, your body comes alive. You're the heart of my desire as we slowly come undress. And then I start to lay you down while you welcome my caress. With your luscious sexy curves, you have a taste I can't resist. And your breast shows some response when I touch them with a kiss. As I soak inside your love to a sexy love condition, feeling passions start to arrive, we make love in all positions. You give me so much pleasure, for ecstasy is here when you wrapped inside my arms to this heated love we share. Now no one can come close to this love that we inspire, for only you, for only you can feel this joy and the heat of my desire. Heat of My Desire by David Farah Now sleeps the crimson petal, now the white, nor waves the cypress in the palace walk, nor winks the gold fin in the perforian font. The firefly wakens, waken thou with me. Now droops the milk-white peacock like a ghost, and like a ghost she glimmers on to me. Now lies the earth all denay, to the stars, and all thy heart lies open to me. Now slides the silent meteor on and leaves a shining furrow as thy thoughts in me. Now folds the lily all her sweetness up and slips into the bosom of the lake. So fold thyself, my dearest thou, and slip into my bosom and be lost in me.
The Princess, Now Sleeps the Crimson Petal, by Alfred Tennyson. First of all, it's a big responsibility, especially in a city like New York. So think long and hard before deciding on love. On the other hand, love does give you a sense of security. When you're walking down the street late at night and you have your love on a leash, ain't no one gonna mess with you. Because crooks and muggers think love is unpredictable. Who knows what love could do in its own defense? On cold winter nights, love is warm. It lies between you and lives and breathes and makes funny noises. Love wakes you up at all hours of the night with its needs. It goes to be fed, to grow, to stay healthy. Love doesn't like being left alone for long. But come home, and love is always happy to see you. It may break a few things accidentally in all its passions for life, but you can never be mad at love for long. Is love good all the time? No. No, love can be bad. Bad love bad. Very bad love. Love makes messes. Love leaves you little surprises here and there. Love needs lots of cleaning up after. Sometimes you just want to get love fixed. And sometimes you want to roll up a piece of newspaper and swat it on the nose. Not so much to cause it pain, but just to let you know, no love. Don't you ever do that again. Sometimes love just wants to go out for a nice long walk because love loves exercise. It will run you around the block and leave you panting, breathless, pull you in different directions at once, or wind itself around and around you until you're all wound up and cannot move. But love makes you meet people wherever you go. People who have nothing in common but love stop and talk to each other on the street. Throw things away, and love will bring them back. Again. And again, and again. But most of all, love needs love. Lots of it. And in return, love loves you and never stops. How Falling in Love is Like Owning a Dog by Taylor Molly. Not gonna lie, I don't, I don't screen these, and I don't read these beforehand. I legitimately thought that that was about owning a dog, and that it wasn't going to be a metaphor at the end. It was going to be like a surprise metaphor. Be like, no, we're actually talking about a dog named Love. Uh, but that is not what it turned out to be. A little author's note there. Okay. Legitimately thought that was about adopting a dog, and that they were going to be playful about it, but nope. <laughs> <clears throat> Is there a solitary witch who hies to tall cliff with starting pace or slow, and, measuring, views the wild and hollow eyes its distance from the waves that chide below, who, as the sea-born gale with frequent sighs, chills his cold bed up the mountain turf, with hoarse, half-uttered lamentation lies, murmuring responses to the dashed turf. In moody sadness, on glitty bank, 
I see him more with envy than with fear. He has no nice felicities that shrink from giant horrors widely wandering here. He seems, and cured with reason, not to know the depth or the duration of his woe. Sonnet. I'm being cautioned against wa- walking on a headland overlooking the sea because it was frequented by a lunatic. <sighs> okay. <laughs> some, some people like me struggle with titles, and some people out there just know every title they make is the best one they've ever written. If you could fuse the two of us together, we'd be dangerous. <laughs> Let it begin. Not at the beginning, but with ants, maybe. Unacknowledged markers of the world they are, opening capillaries in the soil so that it might breathe. Let it begin with ants, a highway of them, in and out of their busy kingdom, the tickle of their hinged antenna in greeting a chemical exchange, then a kind of flirtation, the beckoning of mandibles, a barely audible tap, not unlike pebbles thrown in the midnight window of a beautiful girl. We want to say everything begins with us, that creatures feel the way we do, so scientists will tell us not to be fooled into thinking this is a kiss. We watch as one nestmate joins another at its mouth, from one to the other flow sustenance, a body warmth surplus of sweetness. Then, let's skip ahead, a step up past the lizards into the air to the birds, the milk crops of pigeons and flamingos, how their throats swell for their young, their tongues dripping and necessary curd into the waiting, hungry mouths, or all those nest hatchlings with beaks brightly marked on the inside that, open wide, make for a mother's beak a bright directive, a diamond-shaped landing pad. Then there is something closer to what we know of a kiss. Courtship feeding. All those cardinals and kingfishers passing treats between them, as maybe you did at the back of the school bus. An exchange of chewed gum in lieu of for real smooch. We cannot call these aviation offerings a kiss. Not exactly. But still, Darwin knew something we hesitate to admit when he wrote, They fell in love with one another. It was no remark about Victorian courtship. He was talking about a pair of ducks. Obscenely rushed, but you know what's next. The mammal tongue, warm with its own blood, decked with a surface to taste and scour, though one place another animal cannot reach on its own body, its head and face. There is a logic here, how each furred being can only groom itself when it lay of its own hair, but groomed by another, the cleanse is deeper, dislodging what needs to be removed, a taste that digs against the grain. Here, too, is a fox lapping at the face of his mate, nipping of hyenas and nuzzling of rats, the puckering chimps, the male elephant in must. 
his face inviting taste, literally seeping with Nizaya. So let's not make a kiss into an abstraction, a metaphor planted on your palm and blown into the air. Because everything human has its animal beginning. The kiss, born of an empire of tongue and spit, of hunger and itch, is a break in the dam separating two beings that agree. Yes, please, touch me there. An insane gesture, at least on paper, to open our most necessary and vulnerable aperture and surrender it to another. To give over to that place with which we eat and speak and breathe. For me, this long, this, for me, this long song leads to East 11th Street, New York. Nine years ago now. Maybe ten. Leaning in her doorway, the taste of her mouth stained me with an aftertaste of pomegranate tea. It was the first time I was close to see how shallow the divot at the base of her neck was, to smell something of the city's traffic in her hair. I didn't know I'd found my wife yet, and would not know for years what I had found. But my mouth knew. My tongue knew. And the creature before me, they knew too. The whole acting chorus of them, all the way back to the single-sailed beasts who swallowed each other whole, not to eat, but to make what was two into one. That first night, that evening in December, our first kiss was already wired deep within. I am no scientist, but still. I try and count the ages that made the risk. I try and bless the 34 muscles of my human face that made that kiss. The Evolution of a Kiss by Nicole Brown Very sweet. Did everybody think that was so, so sweet? Did everybody think that was the sweetest? Let me ruin it. Let me ruin it. Totally untrue. Uh, unfortunately, I know this from my human sexuality classes from a, from a lifetime ago. Uh, kissing is a 100% learned behavior. Uh, children who have not watched adults kiss do not kiss. And in cultures where there is no introduction of kissing, there is no kissing. It is a 100% non-biological but learned behavior. Now, if you think that's crazy, what they did to prove it, just because not kissing doesn't prove it, is they took a bunch of blind people, blind from birth, uh, so that they had never seen a human facial expression. And if you don't know this about blind people, uh, blind people uh, who have been born blind uh, have the exact same facial expressions to shock, fear, disappointment, happiness, and arousal as virtually everybody else who is born sighted. Their mouths drop open when they're in shock. Uh, they, they, they make the pained expression when they're disappointed. Eyebrows go up when they're aroused. 
etc. So blind people's facial reactions are actually, from birth, are actually extremely useful for figuring out what we do and what we don't do naturally, what's a learned physical reaction and what's not. And kissing, uh, it, when you don't know what to look for with the visual receptors and what have you, kissing doesn't light up the same parts of our brain. So we see somebody go, and our brain goes, oh, kiss, in the exact same way that we see somebody crook their finger at us, and we go, oh, that means come hither. It means come here. It's the same kind of communication going on when somebody says kiss. So kissing is very much a higher level function of communication. It's no different than using speech. Okay. I think that's, I think that's beautiful, personally. Making out is a higher form of communication. Now, I said this once to somebody who is a keeper, and by a keeper, I mean they kept animals, not that I should have kept them. And they go, okay, but monkeys kiss. And that really threw me for a fucking loop. And the only thing I could think of was, do, do they kiss in the wild? <laughs> Didn't get an answer, and I'm still hoping that's it, that they see us kissing, and they're like, oh, fuck, cool, whatever. They're stuck in the zoo all day. What else are they going to do? All right. <clears throat> what is happening? Really? Okay. Here we go. Just I've only read one line of this one, and this is going to be a fucking challenge. Here we go. <clears throat> Letting a completely keyed up, eager to please Harry Dresden out of the handcuffs was like unlatching the padlock to a lion's cage. The instant his arms were free, he snaked them around her and drew her against his bare chest, trapping her between the wall of lean muscle and the hard cords of his biceps. It might have alarmed any other woman except for Karen Murphy. She responded in her own with a voracious hunger, seizing a handful of dark hair and yanking him up to meet her hungry mouth. She took the kiss with unabashed aggression, aggressive pleasure, her tongue swirling around his, her plush lips nearly bruising at the two of them, all but attacking each other. Harry's long fingers trailed up the center of her spine and vanished into her hair, grabbing a handful and tilting her head back. He kissed the column of her throat, nipping marks into it. It's not very hard for them to stick around, but enough to leave little pink spots of flushed skin behind. Karen shuddered as his stubble grazed a ghostly line behind his kisses and didn't fight him as he came to stop at his intended target. Harry lifted Murphy into his lap completely and held her above him, his hands hot and rough along her ribs. He parted his lips enough to take one of her breasts inside his mouth, Murphy's toes curled, and her fingers found his shoulders, digging crescent moons into the skin. Harry. He traced the shape of her left nipple, circling it, and then the firm, sweet flesh of her breast inside the molten heat of his mouth, losing it inside over and over until he felt her trembling. 
He drew his calloused fingertips over her sides, tracing each rib, sliding them down over her hips and waist, the edges of her toned thighs, and then up to her back. He switched her to her right breast and discovered a faint pattern of scars on her spine, not stopping until she breathed his name again. It's so fucking beautiful. He whispered hoarsely, kissing the center of her stomach, tipping her body back against his knees. He kissed a long a line of fire into the delicate skin from her breastbone to her navel before Murphy couldn't stand much more of his patient exploration. She pushed him down into the bed, her hands on his shoulders, her gemstone eyes bright with challenge and wanton affection. Harry let her, stroking his thighs, stroking her thighs, staring up at her like she was Aphrodite herself. She kissed him and lowered one hand between their bodies. Harry's body arched upwards as her fingers encircled his cock once more, stroking hurriedly, but not with the intent to finish this time, but to tease. He growled against her lips, bucking into it, stranding against her, but she pushed down firmly with her own hips to force him to stay put. God, Karen, he panted out. You keep that up, and we're not going to go very far. She smirked down at him, haughty and glorious. I thought you'd have more stamina, Dresden. Stamina's for round two, three, four, and so on. She kissed his throat, not hiding the amused purr in her voice. I don't know. I kind of like watching you squirm. Harry grinned wolfishly, as long as we're on the subject. She jerked in surprise as he palmed her wet core, driving another gasp from her. He read her expression before carefully slipping two long fingers inside her, not stopping until his knuckles brushed her inner thighs. Murphy kissed his name between clenched teeth, her grip on his cock slackening as the pleasure assaulted her senses once more. She couldn't help pushing down against his arm, creating friction, lifting and dropping her lithe body again and again. Harry swept one hand up to cup one of her breasts as he pressed deeper, harder, curling his fingers. Murphy bit her lower lip to stifle the scream, and Harry chuckled darkly, drawing her down against his naked skin with his other arm. Oh, no, you don't. Harry purred in her ear as she let his free hand drift southward toward the full, tightly sculpted curve of her backside. He pushed her hips down until her head, until her wet heat took more of his fingers and quickened his pace. Murphy's thighs quaked as she tried to hold herself over him, absently stroking his cock in a weak attempt to keep pace with him. But the fluttering in her belly told her it was all for naught. She lost it as he slipped her earlobe into his mouth and sucked just barely. The climax broke free, and she drowned under a tidal wave of pleasure. Harry hummed pleasantly as she rode it out, kissing her neck, her shoulder, enjoying the way his touch made her creamy skin flush. Murphy rested her sweaty forehead against his shoulder, her voice mildly annoyed. 
low vote, Jesden. Harry laughed, the lowest of the low. He punctured the statement by drawing his fingers inside his mouth and licking them clean. The obscene gesture was somehow both amusing and incredibly arousing sight to her. He grinned and tugged her closer into his embrace, his dark eyes glittering. I was right, you know. You do taste sweet. Murphy rolled her eyes and kissed him so he wouldn't notice that she started blushing. Smug is not a good color on you. Well, I can think of a thing or two that'll shut me up. He pitched to one side and rolled beneath her, smiling down at her for just a moment and letting the lust fall away to appreciate the woman before him. In spite of everything that kept going wrong in his life, for just a moment, Harry knew he was in exactly the right place at exactly the right time with exactly the right woman. He scooted down enough to be level with her and kissed her passionately, running one hand down her shoulder, her side, over her thigh to her knee. He settled his heavy frame against her finally, heated skin on skin, eating the needy moans that spilled from her lips as she felt him resting over her entrance at long last. Something sudden struck him, and he pulled back. Do you trust me, Karen? Harry whispered, risking a soul gaze as she stared down at her. She cupped his face between her hands and kissed him. Always. He nodded and surprised her by lifting her hips up enough to flip her onto her stomach. She settled onto her hands and knees, startled but not in a bad way. Harry brushed her hair over one shoulder and molded his tall, solid frame along her back, his lips brushing her ear. Old, still. Her breath shallow and excited, Murphy nodded and shut her eyes. Harry lowered his mouth enough to kiss her between her shoulder blades. A full-bodied moan spilled from her parted lips, followed by a deep shudder. He found a weak spot. Harry brought his hands and gently cupped her breast as he followed the elegant curve of her spine, one kiss at a time, grazing her nipples harder with his thumbs. He reached out the small of her back and flattened his hands against her inner thighs and pushed them further apart. She shivered, and he took two playful bites out of the firm flesh of her backside and slipped his tongue inside her again, tasting her until she gripped two handfuls of sheets beneath them and muttered his name urgently. Harry licked his lips and rose to his knees behind her, a hand on either side of her curvy hips. He let his gaze roam over the beauty, the realness of her, before he made that last final movement to complete them both. He pushed inside her. Murphy's head lowered to the bed as she moaned. Harry shivered deeply as he heard that wondrous sound. The whole world seemed to fall away for a few seconds. Then his senses returned one by one, and all they could focus on was Karen Murphy. Nothing else mattered. Nothing else even existed. Murphy had fallen into short, excited gasps as soon as he'd entered her, and he watched as her fingers curled the sheets into knots as she worked through the overwhelming crest of pleasure enough to say his name again. I know, 
he whispered back, his voice husky and raw. He could hardly put a word to just how damn good it felt. Nothing would suffice. All he could feel was heat and pressure and silken wetness surrounding his cock on all sides. Years of waiting, of longing for her, and the moment left him damn near speechless. He drew out of her with exquisite slowness. Murphy's lovely bare body settled its weight onto her knees as she gasped out her pleasures into the sheets. Harry had to remind himself to breathe because the sight of her pushed it to the limit of his ever-present control, and she was the sexiest thing he had ever seen. Harry steeled himself and sunk into her again, sliding his hands up enough to use her hips as a handle. He rocked her down onto his cock steadily, carefully, his dark eyes locked on her swaying, beautiful form on the bed. He stroked the pleasure one thrust at a time, savoring each groan, moan, sigh, muttered curse that fell from her lips. That was until Murphy gathered her bearings. He saw her shift on her elbows and hold her shaking body up off the mattress and then felt it when she began working her hips down onto him, taking him deeper inside her slick velvet sheath. Harry choked out a curse and something primal awoke within him at that one sinuous gesture. He pistoned into her and she rode him hard. The sound of their wet skin slapping together became the metronome of their unique driving, the pace faster and faster by the minute. Sweat dripped down the runnels of his abs and onto her as he pounded into her soft flesh, a guttural growl inside his chest threatening to crawl out of his throat. Karen gripped his waist and dragged his hand up over her side until his hand cupped her breast. He squeezed it, kneaded it, his hand lowered as she felt the telltale warning of his imminent climax. Her inner walls flexed and flickered along his cock with the sweetest pleasure. He never wanted it to end, didn't want it to stop, didn't want to let go, but he knew the center couldn't hold much longer. Harry molded the hard pains of his chest and abs along her back and slid his other hand between Murphy's thighs. He discovered her clit and stroked it between the hard, almost punishing thrusts. Murphy cried out his name, and it rang through him like a bell's toll, cajoling him to follow her to the precipice. She pushed her hips back into the pelvis wildly, her nails scraping over the mattress and its disheveled sheets, a poor attempt to cling to some semblance of control. But Harry wanted the opposite. He craved it. He hungered for it, for her, to please her in any way that he could. Karen, Harry whispered into her ear, nuzzling her damp golden hair. Karen Murphy. An almost violent tremor flooded over her body from head to toe. He'd said her name. I want you to come, Karen. Harry murmured in a tone soft and dark and undeniably intimate. Don't hold back. Come for me. Harry. Murphy shuddered a final time and climax. Harry followed her not a moment later. 
a world of stars and galaxies burst before their eyes as the ecstasy swept them off into oblivion. They floated on what felt like decades, centuries, eons, conscious of nothing but the comfort of one another's skin. Harry roused in some indeterminate time later. Harry roused some indeterminate time later and found he had flopped onto his side to spoon Murphy. She lay still beside, beneath his arm. Her expression stated a peaceful and lovely countenance. He dropped a kiss to her temple, and she stirred, her lashes sliding back halfway. She glanced at him over her shoulder, and a sly smile forward. Still alive, I see. Not for lack of trying. Amen. He rubbed the smooth expanse of her belly and propped his chin up on her shoulder as a slow smile worked its way onto his lips. And I can't wait to break that record. Murphy grinned. Who said anything about waiting? Get to work, Dresden. Yes, ma'am. Okay, that was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, <clears throat> that would be Pollinate, Chapter 2, by Birds of Hermes. Uh, as soon as I saw it was Harry Dresden, I thought I was going to have trouble with that because I know Harry Dresden. But no. <clears throat> I don't think of Harry Dresden as having a six-pack. For any of you fans out there who are Dresden followers like me, I don't think of Harry as having a six-pack. Does he have a six-pack in the book? I don't feel like he does. He's always eating danishes and shit. <laughs> That's kind of the appeal of Harry Dresden. He's kind of an everyman next door. He's not a super stud. <laughs> oh, and he is Chicago's most dangerous wanted fugitive wizard. That's right. <laughs> Okay, guys, I apologize for this. I'm going to need just three to five minutes of a little break, and then we'll be right, right back. Okay, okay. I am here. I am back. Let's keep going. Upon arriving, Derek parked his SUV down an empty side street adjacent to the hotel, placing a police department placard in the windshield so it wouldn't be towed. In the night's darkness, the street now resembled more of an alley, steam rising in white curls from manhole covers and zero traffic passing by. Having no choice but to trip after him in her heels, Ginger fumed in silence at Derek's back the entire way to the car. Reaching it, he whirled around to face her. Are you jealous? Sputtering, he pulled her arm out of his grasp. Uh-oh. We've got mixed dialogue tags. Excuse me? You are. He nodded slowly. Good. You have no idea how close you are to a painful death right now. Mind games simply weren't his style. If she allowed herself to be honest, she'd hardly believed Lisa in the first place. So, 
Why didn't she feel reassured? His words did nothing to soothe the foreign emotions swirling around, bumping into each other inside her chest. She felt out of control, a little giddy. She wanted to slap Derek across the face just so he'd chase her down and make her pay for it. None of her thoughts made sense. Derek had been watching her carefully. Now he stepped closer, right into her space. Ginger's back came up against the SUV. Tipping her face up, using her chin, Derek used, Derek's eyes narrowed thoughtfully on her face. Unbelievable. You're still jealous, aren't you? Her voice shook. Let go of me. Get away from me. No. I want you to explain. Explain to me why. She glared up at him. He leaned down, his breath feathered across her forehead, then down to her ear where he spoke in a coaxing voice. I can make you talk, baby. Is that what you want? If you need my hand between your legs, all you gotta do is ask me. Before Ginger could form the words to protest, Derek's hand slid up her inner thigh and under the skirt of her dress to cup her intimately. Ginger's head fell back against the car windows, and she moaned without shame. The anxious feeling in her stomach fled, replaced with a sharp longing. How had he known exactly what she needed? She hadn't even known herself. All night, she'd felt achy and off-kilter. What was the reason? She craved his touch this badly? Derek's voice rasped against her neck. Is that better? I shouldn't have spanked you earlier when we didn't have time for more. You've needed me inside you. His thumb slipped through her folds and grazed her clit. Ginger cried out, but anticipating her reaction, Derek swallowed the sound with his own mouth, holding her up with his body. He spoke against her mouth, provoking her. Do you like to be spanked, beautiful girl? Would you like me to do it harder next time? His questions recreated images of the earlier punishment. Every time she sat down throughout the evening, she'd been reminded of it, and the reason for it. Yes, but you already knew that. Her words ended in a shaky breath as he slipped two fingers inside her. Good. I like it when you're honest with me. Now tell me that you're jealous. Her thighs quaked on either side of his head, showing him without words how badly she needed him to continue his expert torture, parting breaths, hers filled with silence following his command. She looked into his eyes, staggered by the intensity there. Tell me, Derek growled, placing his lips flush against hers, but not kissing her. I want to taste your jealousy. To hell with it. The words rushed out against her mouth before she could stop them. Yes, I'm jealous, asshole. I don't like her knowing what it's like to fuck you when I don't. I hate it. The words were completely free from her mouth. Derek threw open the passenger side door, scooped her into his arms, and deposited her on the leather seat, slamming the door behind her. Then he rounded the front of the car, watched her all the while through the windshield. 
She barely had time to register shock over what she'd said out loud before Derek climbed in the car and started the engine. The only sound in the car was the hum of the motor for several moments before he spoke. Listen to me, baby. From the time you walk in the door to my apartment, you will have less than one minute before I put my cock inside you. No foreplay. No kissing. There won't be any time. Because you've got me strung so damn tight, I can barely think straight. I need you to keep yourself wet for me on the ride home. Starting now. Reaching across the car's console, he yanked her skirt high on her thighs. Put your hand between your legs, Ginger. Reeling from his bold declaration, it took a moment for Derek's request to penetrate. He couldn't be serious. Touch himself in the car? What what if someone sees me? There's no way I'd let that happen. Throwing the car in gear, Derek issued a terse command for her to buckle her seatbelt, then peeled away from the curb. They reached a red light at the corner, and she still hadn't moved to obey Derek's earlier order. His eyes moved over her, scorching everything in their path, prompting Ginger to look down at herself, curious over what he saw. Her her breasts, puffy with arousal, strained against the top of her dress, practically spilling out. Bare legs stretched all the way up to her naked lap, which she exposed by hiking up her dress. His breathing roughened from across the car, and all at once his reaction filled her with confidence and weakness of her inhibitions. Suddenly, the soft leather beneath her ass felt glorious. The car's oversized seat made her feel delicate, feminine, sexy. Knowing how closely Derek watched her hips moved, testing the feeling of leather against her nakedness. Her thighs pressed together, slid apart. Ginger's eyelids dropped, and her head tipped back. She pictured Derek how he looked last night, shirtless and damp, his arm muscles shifting and bulging as he, pleasure, as he pleasured her with his hand. Of its own volition, one hand moved up to her thigh, caressing the inside with soft fingertips. Derek made a rough sound in the darkness. The stoplight must have turned green because he cursed, punching the gas to fly through the intersection. The vibration of the car engine caused the leather to shake against her nakedness. Gasping at the sensation, Ginger's hand glided higher, finally slipping between her legs. Good girl, show me how you touch yourself. His voice sounded like gravel and stroked her like a rough caress. She wanted to replace her hand with his bigger, more skillful one and told him out loud, God, baby, me too. Just... A little bit longer. Using two fingers, Ginger found the place needing the most attention and stroked over it gently at first, moaning at the delicious pleasure. Then faster, until his hips moved relentlessly on the seats, begging for release. Don't you dare come, Ginger. Not yet. You need to come with me inside, or not at all. She barely heard him. Release was only seconds away. She could feel the tightening of her muscles. 
the trembling beneath her upper thighs and moving higher. Derek Sint surrounded her in his car, pushing her even closer to the edge. Suddenly, her hand was gone from between her thighs and being held in Derek's shaking grip. Enough. Ginger tried to pull her hand free. Her breath shuddered in and out. She started to call him every filthy name in the book. But the words died on her lips when she perceived the raw agony on his face. Jaw clenched tight, eyes bright and glazed, his harsh breaths matched hers, echo throughout the car's interior. Her hooded eyes dropped to his lap, widening at the thick erection pressed against his dress pants. The sight of his arousal made her pulse kick even higher. She reached for him, but his grip on her wrist tightened almost painfully. No, if I let you touch me there, we won't make it. I'll have to pull over and fuck you on the hood of the car. Ginger nearly begged him to do it. As out of control as she felt, roadside sex seemed perfectly reasonable. The light changed, and Derek burned rubber through another intersection, taking a left turn onto their street once he reached the end of the block. Their building came into view on the right. He pulled into the parking space behind the structure, threw the car in park, and rounded the car before she even removed her seatbelt. Ginger's door was flung open. Brusquely, Derek reached into the car to adjust her dress until she once again appeared decent, then grasped her around the waist and pulled her out with little effort. Her, eye, her heels clicked as she landed on the concrete. He placed a firm hand on her back, propelling her toward the building. Walk. Derek, wait. He tensed, but didn't stop walking. They'd reached the second floor and stood just outside his apartment door before she found her voice. She can't hear us. My sister. Please, Derek. His hand froze in the act of unlocking the door before it resumed turning the key. With a curt nod of acknowledgement, he pushed the door open and scooped her into his arms. <clears throat> what are you doing? She whispered. I can't. Your heels will make too much noise on the wood floor. Oh, why don't I just take them off? I want them on. Ginger felt a delicious tingling in her stomach, and she clung tighter to his shoulders. He marched them through the dark apartment and into his bedroom, then kicked the door shut behind them. Her nerves threatened to reach the surface, but she blocked them out. She wanted this, wanted him. Derek strode into the entire ensuite bathroom, set her down just inside the door, then pushed her up against it. Ginger looked up into his face, and for once she forgot to hide her emotions. He'd adhered her to her request without a moment's hesitation, simply because she'd asked. He would never know how much the small gesture meant to her, nor would he hear them in the room tucked into the back of the apartment. He was too busy undressing to acknowledge her gratitude, however. As he untucked the white dress shirt from his pants, she caught a glimpse of his rigid abdomen before he let it drop. Her breathing roughened when he removed his shirt, exposing his stomach, arms, and chest. 
Derek had the kind of body that looked capable of inflicting pain and pleasure equally. His scattered tattoos made him look like a barroom brawler who bloodies half the men in the room, but still has enough stamina afterward to satisfy two women in bed. His muscles shifted with every breath like they could break free of his skin at any moment. He intimidated. He aroused. Strip, he said. His tone warned her not to protest. She didn't want to. Before she lost her courage, Ginger reached around and unzipped her dress, letting it slide down over her hips to a pool at her feet, completely exposing her body to him. She pressed her palms against the door behind her so she wouldn't be tempted to cover herself. Derek paused in the act of unblocking his belt, his green eyes darkening until they appeared almost black, her body readied further under his starved look. Christ, I wish I had enough self-control to taste every inch of you. He pushed his pants and boxer briefs down his legs, stepped out of them, and moved towards Ginger so fast she gasped. Back pressed against her door, she let her gaze drop to the hand, gripped his heavy erection, stroking it from root to head. Are you wet enough for me, Ginger? Are you? Before she could answer, he guided his cock between her slightly parted thighs and through her cleft, dragging his head achingly slow through her wetness. He growled near the top of her head, circling her clitoris with his engorged head. But he pulled himself away just as quickly, making Ginger whimper in protest. He produced a condom and slid it down his imposing length. Then he dropped his hand to Ginger's ass and lifted her against him, lodging her between his body and the door. Wrap your legs around my waist. Hands to G <laughs> My goodness. Wrap your legs around my waist. He groaned when Ginger did as he asked, cradling his erection with her softness. The first time is going to be hard and fast. Do you understand? This is what you do to me. Then he pushed inside her with such force, the door behind her shook on its hinges, tearing tears spraying into Ginger's eyes as she cried out, the sound mingling with Derek's strangled groan. Pain sliced through her, sharp and quick. Clinging to his shoulders, she prayed for the discomfort to subside as their harsh breathing echoed throughout the still bathroom. Derek froze against her, chest heaving. His eyes held the unspoken question, completely stripped of her defenses. She couldn't hide the answers. Regret washed over his features. Oh. Baby, no. Please, she gasped. I don't, I don't want you to stop. His voice sounded strangled. Do you really think I could now, even if I wanted to? His already stiff muscles bunched under her fingers, and she stroked his neck and shoulders. Having Derek stop now when they'd come this far would devastate her. She laid kisses along his collarbone and his neck, entreating him to continue. 
Despite the sting she'd experienced when his first thrust into her, the way his erection filled her so completely thrilled Ginger. There was pleasure to be found in the pain, she discovered. Impaled by Derek's hips against the hard surface of the door, Ginger shifted slightly in an effort to assuage the building ache. Hold still. Punctuating his order, Derek's hips drove her into the door once more with a powerful thrust. Fuck. Fuck. Just give me a goddamn minute. No. Her thoughts had scattered when the movement of his body inside hers disjointed words began to fall from her lips. The pain remained, but she found it manageable when paired with the promise of something more, just because the beginning was beginning to present itself. Still, sensitive from her own touch during the car ride, she knew that if she could just move a certain way against Eric, she could use his body to find release. Ignoring his request to remain still, she circled her hips over Derek's, moaning without restraint. Then that needy part of her slid against the smooth base of his erection, buried deep inside her. She tightened her thighs around him and worked her lower body into rhythm, concentrating on finding her pleasure. She felt wild, starved. For him, for this, she wanted to slow down and savor the moment, but her body wouldn't allow it. Only a few more grinds of her hips, her head fell back on her shoulders, anticipating her climax. Derek's hands gripped her bottom, his fingers digging in painfully. The friction she craved, that she craved, ah, the friction she craved was taken from her, and she moaned in protest, putting on his hair, and pulling on his hair in frustration. No, no, you tight little virgin. I'm not going to let you off so easy. We've barely gotten started. Holding her body still against him, Derek dipped his head and took one of her nipples in his mouth and drew on it greedily. Hot pleasure shot through Ginger, spreading through her belly and lower body. I'm assuming. She desperately needed to move, to rediscover her rhythm, but Derek wouldn't allow it. After licking and sucking her nipple to peak, he moved to her other breast and gave it the same torturous yet reverent treatment. Ginger moved relentlessly against the hard surface of the door, needing him to stop, needing him to never stop. Derek raised his head and his heated eyes landing on her lips and staying there, pupils dilating, his breathing escalating with each passing second. Give me your mouth. I want your mouth. She pressed her forehead against his. Then what are you waiting for? Her lips fell, his lips fell on hers with a growl, biting, soothing, licking. Their tongues met and tangled furiously. He forced her mouth open, over and over again, demanding to be let inside. Head slanting right, then left, Ginger let the kiss consume her, never once thinking to come up for air. As he dominated her mouth, any lingering pain disappeared, replaced with slight-minded need. He felt hot and thick inside her, and her body relaxed to accommodate his size. 
At some point during the kiss, Derek braced one arm against the door, wrapped the other around her waist, and began moving Ginger up and down his rigid length, slowly torturing his slick, sensitive flesh. The pace grew faster and more determined until she bounced up and down on his erection. Derek's mouth never left hers, absorbing her cries with his tongue and lips. Without warning, the pressure building inside Ginger burst, and the imminent wave of pleasure washed over her. She broke the kiss and screamed, dimly aware that Derek was watching her come apart in his arms as she rode out the orgasm with the use of his still-thrusting body. When she finished, Derek buried his face in her neck with a groan. I'm ruined. You've ruined me, Ginger. With one final thrust of his hips, Derek found his release. He tried to muffle his shouts against her damp skin, but they couldn't be contained. And Ginger was too slack with pleasure to mine the expletives he chanted against her ear. When she finally got the breathing under control, Derek shifted his body around her so that he could loop his arms under her knees. He gathered her against his chest, carried her into the bedroom, and lay her down on the bed. Body limp, she watched as he returned to the bathroom and came back carrying a damp washcloth. Derek knelt in front of her and pressed the warm cloth between her legs. The heat soothed the remaining sting, leaning a sense of contentment in its wake. She watched through half-closed eyes as he ran the cloth along her inner thighs and back up. When he finished his task, Derek tossed the cloth to his bedside table and began trailing kisses down Ginger's stomach. Her eyes flew open at the intense sensation she'd just experienced, rushing to the service. Derek? His warm breath drifted over her most intimate place. Quiet, baby. Just let me kiss it better. Then he gently licked her to a second orgasm. Excerpt from Protecting What's His by Tessa Bale or Beale? B-A-I-L-E. Pretty hot stuff. Pretty hot stuff. Mm-mm-mm. You girls having fun? Are you girls at home having fun? Is everybody enjoying the show? Everybody sounding how good I am, hearing it, hearing how good I sound and enjoying it. Yes, you are. Oh, good. Thank you. Sometimes it's weird I read something like that, and I hope you're all masturbating furiously, because otherwise... <laughs> otherwise, I'm just standing in front of a bunch of mute women. Very intelligent, very capable, very beautiful women who just stare at me like mannequin dolls. A whole audience of Annabelles. So I hope everyone's having a good time, he says, sipping water and buying time because his, his throat's getting a little used. Mm. But he still wants to do a longer piece for you. Mm. All right. Probably shouldn't say stuff like that out loud, but to this day, this is true. To this day, I have only been able to say, look, a decoy to someone five times and have them look. I gotta get better at it. My whole philosophy is, 
if I can't, <laughs> my whole philosophy is if I can't trick you with you knowing that I'm trying to trick you, what's the point? What's the point? I have to say I'm going to try, like, I want to be a magician of the mind, but not a mentalist because those guys are all assholes. I want to be a magician of the mind where I can be like, hey, look, a decoy, and you look. That's all. I want that. I'm just, I'm just bringing it up. There's no point to it. I'm just talking. My name's on the show. Sometimes they talk about me. It's called buying time. <clears throat> this one looks pretty interesting. The man I am meeting is at the bar when I walk in. Facing the door, he sits with one long leg hooked through its legs on the stool. A deep blue button-down. A deep blue button-down, top three buttons open, accentuates his tan skin. He is striving for casual, but there is a tension to the way he sits. A relentlessness. I can only sense somewhere in my gut rather than see. As if he would prefer to pace and prowl the room while he waits. One broad palm cradles a tumbler of amber liquid. He swirls the drink close to the rim, allows it to settle, and then raises it to his lips. I pause in the doorway for a moment, my fingers tight around the cold brass of the handles, drinking him in. Then, drawing a deep breath, I stride across the dim-lit room. His eyes snap up, finding mine as sure as if he had caught my scent. Our gazes hold for a moment before he lowers his to drag it along the curves my clinging red dress does little to conceal. The pounding in my chest echoes down through my stomach and legs before settling as a warm throb between my thighs. The smoldering heat in my eyes causes my nipples to tingle and pucker. They push against the thin fabric, eager to show off for him already, seeking his touch. He does not miss them. The tip of his tongue emerges to dance along his bottom lip. I wonder if he's imagining peeling the silk away from my skin, inch by inch. We have waited for this so very long. After so many nights of teasing and eluding, of pictures that showed him too little and promised so much more, we finally have together. Eric? I stop close enough for the spicy aroma of his aftershave to tickle my nose. The pictures you sent don't do you justice. I allow my eyes to roam over the width of his shoulders, down his chest, giving him a taste of his own medicine. He shifts in his seat, and I smile as it tugs at my mouth. I have yet to touch him, and he is already growing hard. The soft fabric of his tailored pants strains over the bulge between his legs. Selene. His voice is rich as smoke on cold water. Words can't express how happy I am to meet you tonight. Smiling wider, I drop a meaningful look at his crotch. You don't need words. 
He growls low in his throat like an animal, and my blood fizzes and rushes in response. My fingers twitch with the need to wrap themselves in his dark hair, pull until he cries out. Instead, I reach out and toy with the cuff of his sleeve. Can I get you anything to drink? The bartender asks. He has been watching us, a spark in his eager young eyes. He can smell the musk of desire in the air. For a second, I toy with the idea of asking when his shift ends, of inviting him to join us. There is such an energetic youthfulness about him, I experienced a flash of nostalgia. But then, Eric's hand brushes along my hemline, just above the backs of my knees, and I have to concentrate on keeping them from bucking. The thought of the bartender's young, supple flesh drifts away, and I shiver on a tide of goosebumps as calloused fingers creep upward to find the sensitive skin below my ass cheek. A shot of Avion silver and a lime. The young man blinks at me, thick lashes flustered at with a nod, and turns to fetch my order. While his back is to me, I lean forward, tipping my hips back, while Eric's sneaking fingers slip over the damp fabric of my panties. He traces along the lace edges, letting out a shaky breath. The sound spurs a rush of liquid heat straight through me. I choke back an answering moan as the bartender turns, setting a glass before me. I take the shot, relishing the burn as the alcohol moves through my chest and stomach. Finish your drink and pay the man. Trailing my tongue over my lips, I suck the last drops of tart lime juice and enjoy the way, the way Eric's pupils dilate. He slams the rest of the whiskey in a single swallow and sets a fifty on the shining wood of the bar. Even, he says to the bartender, who is still watching us with poorly concealed interest. Eric's hands are already on my hips, guiding me forward, pushing me towards the door, as if I needed to be rushed. I'm desire incarnate, fierce blood and pooling. I am liquid need. We make it to the elevator as the doors shut. We crash into one another. Eric's lips bruise mine, sucking and biting. His tongue dips into my mouth with wild strokes that coax a moan from deep within me. The rough, well-worn skin on his hands catches and snags in my hair, and he forces his fingers through thick, loose strands. Eric tips my head back, holding me there, exposing my neck to the scrape of his neck, of his teeth, and the sucking, sublime torture of his lips. Neither of us notices the elevator has stopped until a throat clears and we jump apart like guilty teens caught under the bleachers. Eric, I rasp, this is our floor. The woman standing outside the elevator does not attempt to meet our eyes, and we barely acknowledge her as we rush down the hallway. I notice nothing about this hotel room we have rented for the night. 
Eric flicks on the lamps as the door slams behind us, and he is already seizing the hem of my dress, tugging it up over my head. The world is Eric, and his hands and the magic they are working on my body. There is no bra beneath the silk sheet, and Eric moans deep in his throat at the discovery. I am tingling over, slick with the need of him. He pauses only a moment in his onslaught to drink me in with desire-weighted eyes. His hands circle my wrists, and he raises my arm, spinning me around on the spot once, twice, before stopping me in front of the full-length mirror that sits beside the dresser. He studies me in the glass, his face creased with raw hunger. His breasts are swollen, aching for his touch. He drags a fingertip over one puckered nipple, and then the next, before cupping them both in his palms. His chest hair tickles my back. Nothing hides my pussy from his hungry eyes but a black high-cut thong that frames my bum like a picture. The delicate material rips as Eric slips his fingers into the waist and yanks sideways. Our eyes hold in the mirror, and a whimper escapes me as both his hands settle on my ass cheeks, rubbing in small circles. Eric pushes me forward, and I brace my hands against the cold glass, waiting. He slaps his palms against me, then squeezes hard enough to leave a mark. My skin sings out a delectable pain. A cry falls off my lips, and I push my body back, seeking, needing the hard press of his desire against me. He obliges. A clatter of metal echoes in the room as his belt hits the floor. I move back from the mirror and try to turn to him, but Eric shoves me forward, holding me down against the bed with a big hand on the back of my neck. The other hand spreads my folds wide, exposing my wet, hidden parts to the air. I whimper into the cotton of the duvet. I need him so badly. Eric's body settles against me. The hair on his muscled legs rasps the overheated skin on my thighs. The thickness of his erection is poised within me, taunting, pulsing at the entrance to my body. He waits with infuriating patience, to enter me. Do you want it? He murmurs, his voice a rumble from deep in his chest. The hand on the back of my neck massages a moment, fingertips caressing tense muscles before his grip tightens. Are you ready for me to fuck you, baby? Yes, please. I plead, my hips arching, seeking to fill the aching void. I want to hear you beg for it. I want to hear you beg for it, dirty, beautiful girl. Tell me, you want my cock inside you. I'm shaking with a need so fierce it's dripping from my body and down my legs. Please, I sob. Please, Eric, fuck me. I need you to fuck me. I want you to fill me with your cock. My breath comes in high-pitched, whimpering gasps. Finally, Eric thrusts in with a pained moan, singing himself inside my body to the base of his shaft.
I cry out, oh yes, oh yes, as he slides out, only to plunge back in again. The pounding of our bodies drives the headboard into the wall, a visceral, age-old rhythm. The room pulses in the corners of my vision. My toes dig into the plush carpet, clinging as I struggle to stay upright to accommodate the pounding thrusts. Eric seizes my arms, pulling them both behind my back, pinning me down by my wrists with one hand. The other he uses to gather my hair and wrap it around his fist like a rope, holding my head back, exposing my throat. I am helpless beneath him, delectably trapped, entirely his. Heat floods my limbs. I clench around his cock at the first spasms of orgasm's brim spread through my womb and outward. The muscles of my pussy squeeze around him. He shudders and moans. Harder, I cry the word like a mantra. Harder, harder! I sink my teeth into the bottom lip as he complies. He is about to come. I can hear it in the gasping sobs he emits, in the desperate hammering, the slap of his thighs against mine, his fingers digging into my wrists as he holds me captive. I give myself over to climax, to his, squeezing and shaking and crying out as he fills me up. I love you. I snuggle deeper against him, braving in the familiar sense and wriggling my nose against the tickle of his chest hair. I love you too, baby. He stretches, groaning as his body pops and creaks. I cannot wait to have a lay-in tomorrow. This is the best anniversary ever. I nod, slipping towards unconsciousness, yet I am unwilling to allow it to seize me, not ready to let these precious moments alone with him get away just yet. It's going to be glorious. I'm so glad you're home. A full month of speaking only via video chat had been more than her heart can handle. I need my husband, my best friend. Strangers by Ashlyn Rivers. Oh, thank you so much. Tip me, tip me. Almost nobody tonight has to hit me. Dana, thank you so much. Jody, best into a crazy week. Thank you, lovely. Hope you have an amazing break. Thank you so much, Jody. Here's a little something towards what you need. Your singing is really going really well and looking forward to the show. Thank you so much. Julie K. Have an absolutely enjoyable time off. Come back all rested and refreshed and lovely to knock out season one. Thank you so much. Much love back to you. Sabrina, enjoy your well-deserved time off. Thank you so much. Kelly, enjoy your time off, Jack. You're so good to us. Thank you for another great show. Thank you so much, Kelly. Blow it on something fun. Enjoy your time off. Thank you so much, Linda. You should absolutely positively tip me. I should definitely have more tips than that. Okay. Okay. The door snicked shut behind me, dampening the sounds of the voices beyond it, and then the darkening of the room. I was hoping the alcohol of the New Year's festivities, New Year's festivities, would make it so that the others would notice our absence. Shadows fell across his lean body as he sat lounging in the center of the couch, legs splayed, an elbow resting in the cushion behind him. 
his hand slowly running up and down his thigh, waiting for me, just as he said he would be. While his stance appeared relaxed, tension radiated off him and filled the room. I froze, hoping the distance between us and the darkness hid the, hid the rapid rise and fall of my chest, and how gratuitously I drank in the sight of him, just him, alone. For years, we had stolen glances, bantered flirtatiously, but we were always insulated by people or distance. We had never been truly alone without the presence of others to dampen it. The buzz of attraction that had always been there now grew to an electric current, dangerous but necessary. Energy and lust arced between us. His voice snapped me out of a reckless and indulgent consumption of the sight of him. Come here. The low gravel, if his voice drove my feet forward, my eyes locked with his feet moving on their own accord as I drew closer to where he sat in wait. He leaned forward, elbows resting on his knees, his piercing blue eyes tracking my movement like a stalking animal. As I stepped within arm's reach, his hands darted out, gripping the backs of my thighs, tugging sharply. I fell hard and fast, catching myself at the last moment so I didn't crash completely into him. His fingers dug hard into the flesh at my sides, his thumb pressed with a brushing grip against my hip bone. Fingers dug deep in the flesh of my ass. The rough palm of his other hand traveled up my bare sternum to my base of my neck. His thumb slowly and roughly dragged from one point of my jawbone to the base of my ear. His hand now splayed across my throat. He drew, mel he drew me close to him, a breath away from his lips. Say yes, he demanded. He knew the answer. He'd had to know the answer since we first spoke. He didn't need it now. The edge of my mouth turned up. I began to lean forward to take his mouth. His hand at my throat was unyielding, and his fingers closed just enough to demand my obedience. Say it. Before my affirmation completely passed my lips, he crashed against mine, devouring me with bruising intensity. Releasing my hip, he wound my hair around his wrist, gripping my ponytail and arching my head back, providing him unobstructed access to my neck. His teeth dragged down my throat. I shivered as goosebumps rose across my skin. My hips now free, I shamelessly ground my pussy against him. The tiny scrap of panties did little to mute that delicious friction or hide how soaked they already were. As quickly as he snatched me into his lap, he planted me on my feet. I need to see you, he demanded, and leaned back, slowly rubbing the massive length in his pants. I tugged my dress over my head, presenting myself to him, expecting and hoping he would devour me again. Yet, he didn't move. 
He just sat there with a hand on his impressive cock, just moments before when his hands were on me, my mind only processed his touch and his command. Now, standing before him, under his scrutiny, my mind focused on all of my flaws. I became increasingly aware that my thighs touched, how I wished my stomach were more toned, my ass tighter. His voice pulled me from the tailspin of my thoughts. Hands behind your back. Grab your elbows. I was so grateful to have something to do with my hands and have something to focus on. He rose slowly. Thank God he was finally going to touch me again. I needed the world to fall away and for the focus to only be on him once again. Instead, he walked past me. I turned my head to follow his movement, insecurity creeping further in. Eyes forward. He barked. Is he leaving? Well, that's just a hit to the ego. Maybe I'm less than he expected. Where is he going? Am I that disappointing? In an effort to give him an out and to hide my blooming embarrassment, I mustered my snarkiest voice to cover my hurt and disappointment. If you want me to get dressed again, all you have to do is ask. You don't need to try and sneak out. Before my sentence was finished, the sting of two sharp smacks brought the blood to both sets of my cheeks and a flood between my legs. My head snapped around at the animalistic growl that rose from his throat. He gripped my jaw, forcing me to face forward again. Pressing his rock-hard dick into my hips, he ground out the words through clenched teeth as he ground his cock against me. Does this seem like I want you to get dressed again? I have waited a very long time to unwrap my present, and I'm going to take my time and play with it as I damn well please. His eyes locked with mine. He paused, his voice softening just a touch. With those pleading eyes on me, it makes it very hard to take my time. So eyes forward, and I will give us both what we need. His fingers slowly encircled the thin string of my thong and tugged hard and fast, snapping the thin fabric instantly. He stepped in front of me, towering over me, his stance menacing, but it only made me want him more. His knees nudged my legs apart, and his hands slid up my thighs. My breath quickened, anticipating him, finally ready, really ready, for him to touch me, fill me. His hand froze halfway up my thigh as he encountered the damp skin that betrayed how much I desperately needed him. A slow smile spread across his formerly impassive face, revealing the boyish grin I had admired for years. Is this for me? He asked with a hint of amusement. Yes, all of it, I confessed. Good girl, he crooned. Those words warmed and wet me further. I would do just about anything to hear them again. He kneeled, planting an open kiss on my thigh, eyes glued to mine, stealing a taste before standing and continuing to agonizingly slowly 
begin the ascent of his hand. My breast heaved in anticipation as his eyes continued to bore into mine. I found some comfort in seeing his cock strained for freedom, and his own breath heavy and fast. Finally, he dipped his fingers inside me, coning it in my desire. With his other hand, he gripped my chin, forcing my lips apart. He painted them with a soaking finger. His teeth closed my lower lip, holding it hostage. As his tongue took a second taste of me, he hummed his approval, making me flush. His hands gripped my waist roughly as he lifted and tossed me onto the couch and then moved to kneel beneath my legs. Hands over your head. Leave them there until I tell you otherwise. His voice was strong and in control, but I detected an undercurrent of urgency that empowered and humbled me. My body obeyed without my mind approving. I laid there open for him, waiting as he had instructed. The air in the room seemed to buzz as I anticipated him finally taking me. His fingers dipped deep into my pussy, and his thumb rubbed a slow, firm circle on my clit. He added more fingers as he nipped, sucked, and licked my nipples. My body arched into him, biting my lip to keep from screaming his name and calling attention to our prolonged absence from the party. His body levered over mine. Eyes on me, he demanded. At some point during the delightful torture, my body had lost its clothing. My eyes widened and finally saw his full length and girth. There's no way that'll fit, I blurted out. His laugh rumbled over me as he positioned himself at my entrance. It'll fit. Trust me. He pressed into me, all humor escaping his face. Fuck. Oh, you're tight. He rocked me in deeper with each thrust, frustratingly slow. My impatience took over. My hands snapped to his ass, beginning to take me harder and faster. He replaced my hands over my head, nipping me hard on the sensitive skin on the inside of my biceps in reprimand. I knew I should feel contrite, but all I could think was, if it was supposed to deter me, I'd be breaking the rules more often. He seemed to read my mind, and a small smile played on his lips— Trust me, little one. While I love your fire and sass, you are tight and tiny. It will hurt if I go too fast or too hard. At least, right away. He kept up his agonizing press and retreat. Despite his explaining and my imploring, I was impatient and I needed to feel him. All of him. I wriggled and drove my hips into him as best I could, trying to gain some control and depth. He growled and snapped his hips, bottoming out brutally, but retreating quickly, causing me to gasp at the sudden painful intrusion. He was bigger than I realized and more than I had ever taken before. I should have trusted him. He caught my breath with his kiss before biting my lip. Let me make you feel good. 
It wasn't a request. My body relaxed and opened for him, rocking with him instead of fighting against him, submitting. His eyes were locked on mine. As soon as I gave in, the approval was noticeable on his face. And there it is. That's my good girl. Those words again. This time, he felt my body gush in response, causing him to groan. As he worked me into me further, I softened completely, my pussy taking all of him. Once fully seated, he smirked at me, a silent, I told you. His rhythm and intensity increased, driving me into, driving into me hard and strong. Reaching the ache that burned for him deep in my core, building to that intensity, I craved, and to that good hurt, the hurt that brought me closer to my goal, not further away. I could see his control starting to slip as he pounded into me. I let myself go, head falling back, enjoying the ride and anticipating the shattering release, but not wanting it to end. He knew his limits and anticipated mine. He stopped deep inside me, pinning me down. One hand pressed into my hip, the other resting on my throat. Don't move. You are not to come yet. He never said anything about him not coming. I began to roll my muscles deep in my pussy, stroking his cock while still buried deep inside of me. That glorious growl rumbled in his throat. I told you not to move. I'm not moving, Daddy. I replied in my sweetest voice. If that didn't feel so good, and you hadn't found a loophole, I would be turning that beautiful ass pink for your misbehavior. Promise? I wriggled my hips the best I could in his vice-like grip just to taunt him, smiling my most angelic smile up at him. At that, he drew back and slammed into me, driving me up the couch and closer to coming. The fabric of the couch rough against my back. My head hit the armrest as he relentlessly pounded into me. I was so close. I will be misbehaving more if this is the punishment I get. He abruptly pulled out, grinning proudly as I pouted up at him. Let's put those lips to better use. Gripping my hair with one hand, with the other he seized the base of his cock, which, which was dripping my shameless lust. He drove me to my knees, his face softened as he looked down at me. You are so beautiful on your knees. I could feel my eyes pleading with him for more. And you love it, don't you? Instead of answering, I leaned forward, taking the massive head of his cock into my mouth, savoring our taste with the satisfaction of his cock swelled with my tongue. He hissed and tugged my head back on my hair. My pride swelled, knowing he was grappling with his own control. Lick me clean. He ordered, grappling his cock at its base, offering it to me. Like a good little kitten, I did as I was told and landed up my milk. 
My pussy dripped down my thighs, aching to be filled again as my tongue worked over his throbbing cock. My hands braced against his thighs. Feeling his muscles flex beneath my finger was a heady experience. Stroking my tongue and flicking that sensitive spot before the tip, I gazed up at him. Please, let me make you feel good. I echoed his words, but unlike his command, mine were pleading, desperate. He didn't answer, just released my hair, but left his hand resting on my head, giving me the illusion of some form of control, but maintaining his perfect dominance. I wet my lips and his cock, letting my hand glide over his shaft, taking him deep into my throat, stroking, licking, and sucking, working his length with my hand and my mouth. My pussy ached for release. I rubbed my thighs together with little relief. I reached my hand back between my legs, pausing, making eye contact, asking for his permission to touch myself. He nodded his permission, but no coming. All of your orgasms belong to me now. I rubbed slow circles, careful to barely assuage my urgency. I wanted only to please him. I let the head of his cock bump the back of my throat. He pressed deeper, gentler pressure on my head, encouraging me to push my gag reflex. I took him deeper than I had before, wanting nothing more than his approval. Mm, that's a good girl. You love sucking this cock, don't you? I hummed my agreement with deep, with him deep in my throat. I felt his dick jump, and that was all I needed. I doubled my efforts, stroking his base to tip. I felt his hand tighten in my hair, but ignored the pain and focused on serving him. Fuck. He ground out between his teeth, his thrust a few times emptied deep into my mouth. I greedily swallowed him down, his taste driving my desires and soaring, sending them soaring to new heights. My fingers rapidly circled my clit. I dipped a finger in. I stood, dragging my mouth up his body, just as he had done to me. I painted his lips, gripped the back of his neck, and kissed him deep and hard, just like I needed him to fuck me. Naughty girl, he chided. Forcing my hands behind me, he clasped my wrist behind my back. He pushed me onto my knees and onto the couch, grabbed the back of my neck, and bent me over. My cheek pressed into the back cushion, my ass in the air. He gripped my ass before letting his hand fall hard against it, and began driving into me relentlessly, one hand holding me in place by my wrists, the other peppering my ass with smacks and gripping me with bruising intensity. I felt the tension unexpectedly building in my core. I had never come without my clit getting some form of attention before. I was completely taken by surprise when my body plunged over the edge, quick and fast like a flash of lightning, fanning the fire of my desire further and leaving me begging for more relief. He released my arms, smacking my ass hard one more time, and flipped me over, smiling with self-satisfaction. You are the only one who can steal orgasms. Be careful. 
the games you play with me, kitten, your consequences will always be pleasurable. Not all will be satisfying. He sat back, slouched against the back of the sofa, amazingly still rock-hard, abs rippling, looking just as he had when I first walked into the room. He lazily stroked himself. Come here, kitten. You have more than pleased me. Now, let me watch you fall apart. He positioned me above his glistening dick. He thrust in deep and hard, holding me there, kissing me breathless as he caressed my breasts lavishly, each nipple with undue attention, building up the onslaught of sensation, letting his hands roam over my body, leaving not a single inch wanting. This abrupt change in tone only fanned my flames to new heights. Staring into those startling blue eyes, I leaned back, letting him take in my body while I perused his. I rocked against him, both satiating and inflaming the ache deep in my core. I rubbed slow circles on my clit with one hand, my other hand gripping his shoulders, nails digging in and betraying my tenuous hold on control. Careful not to take the orgasms that belonged to him, I showed him now how I would touch myself, thinking of him. I confessed the fantasies I'd entertained for years while imagining this very moment. The sensations intensified, pulling me closer and closer to falling over the edge until I lost all control and the ability to put on a show. I rode him with reckless abandon, fingers buried in his hair as I bit his shoulders and back. <clears throat> fingers buried in his hair as I bit his shoulders and neck, trying to pull him closer and make him feel the same ecstasy that washed over me. Where I once was concerned about being heard, I now screamed his name, begging for mercy and more. As I careened towards the precipice, he met my intensity, stroking me while biting and sprinkling and blurring that pleasure-pain line that only made me soar higher. That's it, love. Let go. Come for me. His teeth found my nipples, collarbone, and at last my neck. He bit down hard, marking me. His hands clasped against my ass, creating the perfect pain, priming the fuse, driving my clit hard against him, and igniting the explosion that made wave after wave after wave of pleasure. I could feel myself clamp down on his cock with that first delicious explosion. He grunted through his own pleasure and drove into me harder and deeper and stilling and finally releasing deep inside of me. Each stream of his pleasure heightened and prolonged mine. Finally, as my body fell into aftershocks, I collapsed against him, melting into his chest, completely spent. As I came back to my senses, my mind slowly turned back on, and so did my insecurities. How long have I been laying there? It must be antsy to get up and out. Reluctantly, I pulled myself up and turned towards the bathroom. Where are you going? His voice drifted, warm and gravelly. I, I was just getting something for us to clean up. Lay down, kitten. That is my job and pleasure. 
Besides, I'm not done holding you yet. You have a lot to learn about how you should be cared for. And I'm going to thoroughly enjoy teaching you how to be mine. The last part of his statement hung in the air. To be his, <clears throat> that was quite a thought. I've already been yours for some time, I confessed. Shit, that was out loud. I guess this is where the term fucked senseless comes from. I froze, anticipating his inevitable response and my awkward backpedaling. His smile betrayed that he already knew that he owned me, but he didn't say anything. Just pulled my hand to come back to him. I softened and folded myself against him, a leg tossed over his. We laid there until we heard the countdown to midnight. I, I guess we missed it. I smirked. Nowhere I'd rather be. He softly kissed my forehead, then my lips as the party rang in the new year in the, bar in the background. The kiss built from a flame that neither of us had completely extinguished. I deepened the kiss, his cock nudging against my thigh. He pulled himself out from under me and made his way to the bathroom. We'd better get out of here now, or we may never leave this room. He gently cleaned me and caused me to flush with embarrassment at the unexpected and intimate care. He helped me get my dress back on, but not before pocketing my shredded panties with a naughty smirk. You, you want me to go first? I asked once we were dressed again. He quickly closed the space between us. I'm sure as hell not embarrassed to walk out of here with you, if you don't mind. Everyone at this party already knows that you just made you mine. Just Made You Mine by Lancelot Secrets on Lush Stories. Guys, thank you so much for coming out tonight. So much to listening to the show. Very much appreciate you and everybody else. Jillian, another fantastic show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jillian. Jessica, thank you so much for a great show. Hope you enjoy the time off, Daddy. We will miss you. Can't wait for you to come back and kill it with season one. Thank you, Jessica. Susan, a tip with no words. Thank you, Susan. Ashley, have a great vacation, Jack. You have definitely earned it. Thank you so much, Ashley. I appreciate all of your tips, all of you coming out. Everybody who had a piece for me to read... Looks like I've got two extras left over. Lots of smut tonight. Thank you very much for that. Guys, this is for you at home now. Uh, I am going to be away. There is going to be another live show on the Friday, the 5th of April, 10 p.m. Uh, I would love to see you there to welcome you back. I should have more news about everything. That is about three weeks away at this point, so ka-ching. Uh, and then season one, of course, starts Thursday after. Uh, that is Thursday, uh, April the 11th. I'm going to be gone. The blog's going to be in kind of a hiatus mode. There's going to be a link. Patreon's still going to be active. Commissions are still active. Phone sex is still active. If you want those things, DM me. I cannot wait to get them and turn them around. I've been really, 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 really good with it. I've gotten almost everything back within 14 days, and the latest is 17 days. So I'm kind of fucking killing it. I really, really think that I am. Hopefully you think that I am too. Uh, season zero unofficially began at the beginning of November. It has lasted November, December, all of fucking January, February, and now into the middle of March. We're going to take just a little break, just a couple of weeks, and I'm going to come back as hard and well-rested as I can. If you think I sound good tonight, 
Fingers crossed, I think I'm going to sound this good at all times going forward. I really do. Uh, I really, really hope so, at least. Oh, I want it so bad, don't you? Oh. All right, guys. Really, truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. If you miss me, become a patron. Listen to old things on the Spotify. Check the check the Twitter. Check the server. Uh, all that information will be up there on a Tumblr blog post for you. Again, I feel like I'm a lucky, 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 lucky boy. Uh, I've never asked for more money before, not not like this at least. Uh, very rarely have I in like an emergency and I've always had a freak out. I've never tried to sell myself. So if you really think that I killed it, if you really think that I nailed it one last time at a sales attempt since early November, if you think I've written it all out, now's the time to become a patron. Now's the time to send me a tip. Now's the time to get a special commission just for you or a bonus episode for everybody. Now's the time to hand me that fucking cabbage. I'm almost, almost, almost into a new place. You can hear how healed up I am. I'm going to put both together along with the brand new library rolling up and out. I promise more information soon. And uh, yeah, it's all very exciting. If you're excited, if you like it, that's my sales pitch at the end. Very few of you listen, so if you did... You should definitely really consider it. Okay, guys. That was it. That's it. That's it for season zero. April 5th, live show, tip show. April 11th, season one starts. 14 episodes in a row. It's going to be fantastic. I think we're going to go it. I think it's going to be great. I had an amazing time tonight. Kind of a rough day with everything going on in the world. You can check the podcast date to see what I'm talking about. And uh, it's just... It, I, you know, I kind of thought nobody was going to come out. I didn't think people were going to be in a mood. Great request tonight. Great crowd. I really am the most lucky guy. I really am going to end this. I have my arms fully outstretched uh, in happiness. I'm exerting dominance in the happiness pose. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Really, truly. No matter what, no matter what you have, no matter what you don't, thank you for being a fan. Tell a friend. Reach out. It's all good. Thank you again. Grey Knight out.